This is At Risk Radio. Welcome to At Risk Radio. At Risk Radio is a show where we talk about leadership in the church at risk. My name is Mark Stafford, and I'm the host of the show. I'm here with David Witt, and David Witt is the CEO of SOM International. Now, today on At Risk Radio, we're continuing our series on David's new book, God's Global Grace Movement, Hope Rising from an Awakening in India. This book is all about leadership and how God is taking impoverished, discriminated Indian Christians and how this group is turning the world upside down. So today we're looking at the issue of multiplication within discipleship. So David, you call this chapter multiplication of his image. So tell us more about this biblical pattern of leadership. Yep, Mark. Uh, hopefully people are really going to be inspired by our Indian brothers and sisters today. And I just want to come out of the gate here telling the story of a widowed mother. And again, people have to realize that many of the widows over there, uh, they don't have formal education, uh, can't read and write. And uh, this is a story about Ravatha. And Ravatha had two little children. Uh, she had been widowed. So her husband left her and she and she gave her life uh, to Jesus when she's visiting this home fellowship two hours from her village. And then again, that's not like a bus or anything. Oh, wow. Most of the widows I I talked to, they don't even have the, the funds for a bus, so they're usually walking that. Yeah. After Ravatha accepted the Lord Jesus as her Savior, she de- developed a great love and passion for the lost Hindus in her village. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was pa- passionate for her own village that was tightly closed to the gospel, and its leaders had permitted no other religion besides Hinduism. Uh, and so this, so she's again, commuting between this congregation two hours away, and they're praying for her um, every week. Uh, they're just passionate. They hear about where she's from. She's the only believer there. And the Spirit of God begins to just stir up Rabatha's heart. And she felt the Lord really speak to her in her inner man. And the Lord spoke to her that it was time for her to open up her house, to be a place to collect people and to, to share the Lord. Uh, so she shared this with the house fellowship and they got really excited about that so then they began to come once a week to her house and then within four weeks of their starting that prayer meeting and just encouragement a handful of children and within there a few uh, men and women were led to come start to her own fellowship and start hearing about jesus that was the beginning of the light of the lord's love right there in that village and then when the landlord heard about that she was having a Christian meeting. Uh, he was a strong Hindu follower, and um, and he burst into anger and began to insult her and threaten her and her children. And he said, you have deceived us by bringing a new religion into our village, and you defiled this village. Oh, wow. And so, the, uh, so he and the village elders warned her not to have Christian gatherings anymore in their village. So Ravatha didn't, was, you know, didn't give up. She continued to pray and seek the Lord with all her heart. And the Holy Spirit uh, revealed to her that God would use her in her workplace. And even though she was rejected right in the village, that God had a different plan for his kingdom expansion. Hmm. And uh, so she began to just seek the Lord, listen to the Lord, and to how she might, you know, be a witness for Christ. And um, right outside of her village, they were building a bridge that had been destroyed in a major storm with, um, with flooding. And she got a job cooking for the laborers in a small hut they had built for her to prepare the food beside the bridge. Wow. So she begins to 
uh, you know, cook food. And while she's cooking food, she begins to tell the children that are around stories uh, from Jesus. The women were drawn because of the children telling them. And then even some of the workers were hearing this. And it really began to draw their hearts as she told the stories of Jesus. Hmm. And so now the believers were meeting twice a week in this small hut next to the bridge. And she was beginning to build up with freedom, just a witness for Christ. She says that, that this was a quote exactly from, from her, uh, Mark, that I think exemplifies the point of leadership we want to talk about today. Though we were not allowed to meet in my house, the Lord has his own way. The roadside broken bridge is a great place for us to meet and worship the Lord. And it even gets better here. He goes, she says, the presence of God is so real. People can't stop the children of God from witnessing and having fellowship to worship the Lord. Our God is not bound by a church building, a house, or any particular place. Anywhere two or more gathered, the presence of the Lord is there. What a glorious God we have. And we can meet in the spirit anywhere. Well, that's an amazing story, Dave. And I think when we get back on the other side of this break, I want to unpack some of the biblical implications of what you just shared. We'll be right back. At Risk Radio. Can you imagine trying to disciple a church with only one Bible? This is Mark Stafford from At Risk Radio, and our contacts in Venezuela are telling us incredible stories about people coming to know Jesus, all the while pastors are missing Bibles for their people. After receiving a Bible from our ministry, one man said with tears in his eyes, no one has ever given me such a beautiful gift. At Risk Radio, in our partnership with SOM International, is working to bring 2 million Bibles into Venezuela. For more information about how you can help, go to atriskradio.com. Welcome back to At Risk Radio. I'm online with David Witt. David Witt is the CEO of SOM International. David just got done telling us the story of Ravathi and how uh, she was a widow and she was persecuted. She was insulted for having a Christian meeting in her house. And yet she found the old broken bridge and she continued to make disciples. Now we see this idea of scripture of ministry multiplication everywhere. I mean, starting at Genesis, right? Yeah. Genesis 1 through 3 is the foundation of all the rest of scripture. I see even Jesus constantly referring back to that original foundation there. And, um, you know, when I do premarital counseling, I point out to um, the young couples, the I ask, them, you know, what's the first commandment of the Bible? And, um, you know, a lot of people don't know, but it's be fruitful, multiply and fill the earth, subdue it and have dominion. And, you know, a lot of people think that's just about mm. having children. But if we look closely at it, it was God made said, mate, us in our own image and likeness. And the scripture talks about the G God is spirit. So the multiplication first that is being produced is the spirit of God. It's his image, his character, his nature, his essence. And yes, it comes in physical form that Christ reveals. But ultimately, God designed through the family of God and through the community of saints to reproduce his word and his image um, on earth. Well, then we see that repeated in the New Testament when Jesus says, to go and make disciples to the ends of the mm -hmm. earth, and, you know that we call that the Great Commission. But it's the idea of mm -hmm. of our call as Christians is to go and to multiply 
new believers and new disciples. That's why our verse for our script for our ministries, Acts 1 8, uh, that I call the Grace Commission, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall be my witnesses of Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the most parts of the earth. Because when Christ comes in and gives us that courageous spirit of martyrdom, of, of witness, uh, the, of love, we are what are we doing? We're multiplying his word and kingdom and disciples throughout the whole world. And so yeah, God again and again emphasizes the Great Commission, that he wants us to multiply and fill his earth with his glory and people that think and look and act like him. That's right. Well, one thing that has been impressive to me about the India ministry is that you're not just training people to be filled with the Bible. <laughs> you're you're training them to be filled with mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit and to take mm-hmm. that and to multiply new disciples and new ministries and to a place where there isn't even really a pastoral support ministry for these new church planners. There's Mm -hmm. the idea that they'll go out and start new churches and they will be self-sustaining. Talk to us a little bit about Mm -hmm. uh, what you guys are trying to accomplish there in India with these, uh, this incredible church planning ministry that you have. Yeah. And, and Mark, I think, you know, to for clarification here, we're just getting behind what God is doing Mm -hmm. because I've been so inspired by the uh, DNA of the Indians who totally get this. I mean, they're the ones who've taught us, uh, uh, you know, they're so much agrarian and they point out, Hey, you know, what does a farmer rancher celebrate? He celebrates a, a, a cow that reproduces a lot of healthy ca- cows, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, that's right. babies, sheep that produce more sheep, um, of, you know, farmers that produce a lot of harvest. And so, and we see that again and again mm-hmm. in the word of yeah. God, uh, Jesus even curses the fig tree that doesn't produce that's fruit right. even out of season. And there's the, the, the unfaithful steward who buries his, his talents in the ground, you know, who's cursed ultimately to that. So we see that God is the ultimate operator of wanting a great return on his investment. And so, yeah, you connect it to the Indians and the Indians totally get that. I mean, they are the most passionate people about spreading God's glory in his kingdom of anywhere that we've seen. Everything we, uh, we give to the Indians has to be multipliable or reproducible. So the school itself is a tool. And after the school, we don't have a you know pastor support program because we just can't keep up with those kind of finances. And we don't want it to be dependent upon us. We want them to take the word of God, the encouragement, the relationship, the networks they have now, and just simply start multiplying God's kingdom with the lost and broken people in India. And so everything has mm-hmm. to be tools there. So we, you know, we provide right, bicycles right. there. Uh, we found that when uh, disciples or I mean the church planners uh, graduate, the, the average church planner starts, you know, uh, four to five house churches uh, within a 12 month period. But if we give them a bicycle mark, they usually up wow. that to 12. That's incredible. And so, and then yeah. you're giving them MP3 players. We had an incredible story about mm-hmm. one of the ladies who was a part of the discipleship sewing program who was playing her mp3 bible and people were gathering and she was able to witness to them i think we talked about that a few episodes uh, ago and those are common things we give to all of our church planners now let me give a little aside here Mm -hmm. we have a number of church planning schools coming up and this isn't just india you have them all over the world can you just give me a uh, just a minute here on what you're doing with church planning ministry with som international 
Oh, yeah. Over a year, Mark. I mean, it's unbelievable what God has done, but over 90 schools we're able to assist right now around the world. And those are church plant schools and lighthouse schools. And again, they're all tools we get, like the lighthouse. That's a sewing machine, a school. And then, you know, we're, we, by God's grace, it's all by faith. We never promise them because we don't have the money ahead of time ourselves. But as God raises up the funds, we're by a sewing machine and they're able to now send them home and their house becomes a trade center of sewing garments and assisting an economic gain that way or take care of their family, but most of all, being a lighthouse for the word of Christ. Um, and so that, you know, so yeah, right now we have a lot of schools that are not adopted. We're by faith coming up a bunch of schools in December. We're asking people to pray about wanting to maybe support these students, these schools. There, It's $40 a month per per student if, if people want to get involved with that. And that's a eternal change. So if I'm doing my math right and, you know, Pardon me if I'm doing my math incorrectly. It takes about six months for a guy to go through this school. Mm-hmm. And he's for two hundred and forty dollars. Mm-hmm. That's correct. We have a new church planner out there who may plant as many as eight, ten, twelve churches, mm-hmm. and and make disciples. And that that's an incredible return on a ministry investment. Yeah, and if we include a bike, that's three hundred and forty dollars a bike, and you know, in the average house church is about twenty people. So you think about it, that'd be eight on the average, because some more, some less, but it'd be eight, eight, uh, eight times uh, twenty, obviously one hundred and um, sixty. Uh, or so my math right, so 100 and I'm sorry, 140, 140, you know, Indians impacted by the word of God just simply because we've assisted in America and we haven't had to go there, we haven't had to learn the language. We're coming beside the church with multiplying reproducible tools, uh, for those who are willing and called to lay down their lives for the gospel. At Risk Radio wants to invite you to get involved with those who are out there, who are risking much for Jesus, with these church planters who are on the front lines, who are starting churches in Hindu neighborhoods, and sometimes facing much persecution for doing so. You can get involved by, first of all, subscribing to our newsletter. Now, David, you just said that guys like me really like things in print, (laughs) and uh, we were just talking before the episode, and yes, I like things in print. Full color newsletter. We'll mail it to you in the mm-hmm. mail with a stamp oh, yeah. on it. Um, mm-hmm. And these, uh, this newsletter is full of stories uh, from those who are serving on the front lines in the most persecuted, most restricted areas in the world for the gospel. So you can sign up for that newsletter at atriskradio.com. And we'd also invite you to help this podcast by subscribing to it, by sharing it with a friend, or by leaving a comment. We would love to hear from you, and we would love to interact with those who are listening to this podcast. Uh, Finally, David, your book is for sale at uh, spiritofmartyrdom.com. And so if you want to pick up David's new book about what God's doing in India, go to spiritofmartyrdom.com. And David, one last thing from you. Yes, actually, technically, it's not for sale. We give it away uh, freely upon any donation or just sign up for the newsletter. We'd love to share that book. All right. So it's not for sale, but we uh, do encourage donations. But if you don't have that, we'll send it to you anyway, because we want you to know what God is doing in India and how you can be used in a powerful way to support them with prayer, to support them by supporting a a church planter or uh, so on. So until next time, my name is Mark Stafford, and this has been At Risk Radio. You've been listening to At Risk Radio. For more, go to atriskradio.com. At Risk Radio is a production of SOM International.